hello, welcome. Welcome everybody and hello to another Wednesday night live stream. Welcome everybody, glad you're here. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dansfish.com. And it's our typical Wednesday night weekly live stream. We do this every Wednesday, 7 o'clock p.m. It's good to have you all out here with me tonight. So basically, for those that might be new, we're fish geeks. We just talk about fish here. Um, I have an online fish store called dansfish.com, and I typically go over an update of any new stock I have in that's exciting, stuff like that, just so that folks can see what I've been getting in. Um, and also a little website called getgills.com, which I'll show you here. This is a place where anyone that has fish or fish supplies or aquarium related stuff for sale can list their things for sale. So if you go to get gills, there's all kinds of stuff listed for sale from all different hobbyists that have stuff to sell. Um, and you can browse through here and find stuff, or if you have stuff to sell, you can sell stuff on there. So those are kind of the two business things I have to get out of the way. Um, but now that they're out of the way, let's have some fun. Let's see here. So Angela Turner says that she was second in, but Angela, you're the first chat I see. So maybe first, I don't know. Don't know how that worked exactly. Vstag's here. Hey, Vstag, good to see you. Um, Dan Slee. Hey, Dan. So Dan, I'm going to update you on the uh, Corridor's Pygmaeus here in a second after I say hi to folks. Um, Lumpy Dog, welcome. Bathy Phila, good to see you. Amp Aquatics, hey, Amber. Um, Amber is now a mod at the Get Gills Facebook group. So she's helping out there. So Amber, thank you so much for what you're doing there to make that a lively, fun place to hang out for people. Koi Dragon Aquatics, an impressive name. <laughs> Howdy and welcome. Hey, small frag, glad you're here. Um, all right, let's let's jump right to it. Hey, Michael Wilson's here. Hey, Michael, glad you're here and thanks so much. So you guys might not know this, but Michael Wilson is a fount of knowledge. He's been around for a while. He's been in leadership positions in like the American Library Association and other things. And Mike, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I just want to say thank you because when I have a question, uh, Mike's one of the first people I go to if I need help on an ID or uh, I have a fish in that I've never had before and don't know much about it. Uh, like the cauliflower swords, when I first got them in, I had some misinformation about them and he set me straight. So I really appreciate Michael Wilson being here and uh, kind of helping out when when I need information. Thanks so much. Small fry aquarium fish, hair and makeup, everyone to spots begin. Yep, that's right. It's it's close. It's called places, but everyone to spots is close. We'll we'll get there. Dalton Young, hey Dan, no fish today. Hopefully in the morning. I am excited. I'm nervous. <laughs> I hope they arrive and they're in good shape. Um, had a couple boxes arrive today. A few more delayed. In fact, I'm thinking really seriously now that temperatures are up uh, throughout the nation. I'm thinking really seriously about pretty soon here switching to I'll keep express as an option, but also making priority an option. It, I just feel like express has been delayed so often this winter that it might as well be sent priority, <laughs> honestly. But Dalton, I'm excited for you to get the fish and I, I really hope that they arrive in good shape, even with the delays. Um, Richard Crackle, hey, welcome. 
<laughs> Small fry aquarium fish taking direction. I love it. Um, oh, wow. This is quite the name here. So Sigma Nigma Discernment Vigilance after SCL Infigita. <laughs> after all that says greetings. Well, greetings. Glad you're here. Love you, dog. What's the cost to the seller on Aquabid.com? So it is free to list your items on Aquabid. You can create an account. You can create your own store and list. Uh, I'm sorry, on getgills.com. Um, it's free um, to list anything. Once you get paid, the website takes a 5% cut for its upkeep. So totally free to post and stuff. As soon as money transacts through the site, then the site takes 5%. In addition, you should be aware that the uh, credit card payment company, it's like PayPal, but it's called Stripe, takes a small percentage. I think it's like 2.7% or something like that, plus 30 cents per transaction. So basically it comes out to, I don't know, a little over 8%, uh, a little under 9% might be a more accurate way to say it per transaction. Uh, for fees. Now, again, though, I want to stress that none of that happens until you successfully make money. So when a customer sends you money through the website, that's when that happens. So list away, it doesn't cost you anything. There's no monthly fees or anything like that. It's all, uh, any fees are just proportional to how much you're actually selling. Yeah. And my hope is that the website, hopefully, is such an improvement over what we currently have available that uh, a small percentage is worth it to folks. I hope so. Uh, just understand it's, it's expensive to update the site and to maintain the site. We have to pay different services and things just to keep the site up and running every month. And building this sucker was a beast and still is. In fact, my technical partner, Jonathan, he spent the last couple of weeks uh, making it more mobile friendly. So for those that have a mobile device and get on there and browse and stuff, you'll probably notice it's a lot better now. It used to be that it was size kind of funny for mobile. Now, I think everything, unless we miss something, in which case, please let us know, but everything should fit the mobile screen now and automatically adjust to whatever device you're using. So that's what he's been working on um, <laughs> the last few weeks. So we're constantly tweaking it. We're constantly adding functionality and uh, trying to make it as good as we can. And we know that it's not perfect. There's still quite a few things on there that we want to fix and make tighter and more intuitive. Here's, here's what's happened with the site. It's a, it's a really good site. But when we first launched getgills.com, we we're like, okay, we're just going to make it super simple. As simple as we can. But then after we launched, people wanted more functionality. Uh, specifically, the major request was more options when it came to shipping, more flexibility with shipping. So we spent a long time revamping the shipping, mix it, making it a lot more flexible. But with that new uh, flexibility and new ability to just do all kinds of different things comes more complication. So now what we're trying to do is figure out, okay, We've made it more complicated because people wanted to be able to do things it couldn't do before. Now we're trying to say, okay, how do we eat now that it's more complicated? How do we structure it in such a way that it's simple 
even though it's a complex site. So that's what we're we're working on right now. And by by complex, what I mean is it used to be that you could select some a couple shipping methods and everything could ship those ways. Now we've made it so that you can select, okay, these three fish, I want to ship this way. Uh, these four fish, I want to ship this way in these different size boxes, maybe small box, medium box, large box. Um, plants, I want to ship via a different service. So we've made it very flexible and now it's about simplicity. But um, anyways, <laughs> let me dug, got me on a little rant there, but uh, total cost to the seller, get gills fees, 5%. Stripes fees for processing payment are, I think, 2.9 plus 30 cents each transaction. Jonathan Santiago, the humpback limius came in and great. Oh, good. I'm so glad. I just wanted to ask when you might get more unique type of live bearer. So I've got three right now that are like wild type live bearers. Um, they're the humpback limias, the limia perugiae, which is sometimes called the Haitian live bearer. Um, so the scientific names on those are Limia nigrofasciata and uh, Limia perugiae. And then the other one I have is what's turned out to be, it was sold to me as uh, Zephaphorus montezume, but it, it's uh, some folks that know this stuff better than me have been like, no, that's actually a, a wild type Hellerai. So I have some wild type uh, Hellerai swordtails most likely from Belize, although, you know, that might be a little hard to confirm, but so I'm not putting a location. They're just, I'm putting them as an aquarium strain, but that's a pretty cool fish. Um, and then unique live berries. I think that the cauliflower hyphen red-eyed red swordtails are pretty unique fish for sure. Um, I, the group I had listed have sold out, but I have a few more that I'll be listing here shortly. I'm waiting for the shipping results though. So uh, typically when I ship fish, I hold some back. I almost never have a problem, but I want to make sure on an expensive fish like that, that can be hard to find, that the folks that bought them, if they have any DOAs, that I hold enough back so I can replace them if I need to. So once I know how shipping shakes out this week, then I'll be listing the rest for sale, basically is how I work that. Um, I've... Also, I'm working on a Santa Maria Endler's line, which the, the group growing up is pretty much 100% confirmed. Enough have colored up that it looks like they're 100% of the males are looking like I want them to look. Um, there are a couple females in that group that are not. They're real close, but there's some black on the fins, and that's just residue from um, when they were crossed out to the tequila sunrise line because the tequila sunrise line had a little some through some blacks occasionally and so that got in there so a couple of the females aren't perfect but it looks like that line is pretty darn clean so i should be able to start selling those pretty soon so i finally got that line where i want um so santa maria endlers are another kind of neat live bear that i have and then I have two more that I just got in. Uh, in fact, okay, so let's segue into what we got in this week. So these I don't think are extremely rare or anything, but I, I like the quality 
of what they were. So I brought them in. One is Cobra Endlers, which uh, is, is a cross with a guppy. It's an Endler hybrid. And they look uh, very similar to this or this, although the black on this one isn't quite right. They're really dark black here with the nice Cobra pattern. So I got some of those in just because the strain looked really nice. And then on live bears, I also got some blue turquoise because the strain looked really nice. There was only one or two fish in the entire batch of, I don't know, a couple hundred fish that had any red on them. And that's the difficulty with the blue turquoise guppies is uh, red is dominant in the guppies and you get uh, red bleeding into the blue strains frequently. So I found a strain that was pretty darn clean. So I went ahead and got some of those. Um, I also got some Congo Tetras just because I love them and I haven't had them for quite a while. And then the last thing I got was Threadfin Rainbows because I found a group of females finally. If Dolly Vigil's in here, he's been looking for months for females. So I finally got a group of females in. So they're, they're like this with the short fins or like this. This is a female right here, the top fish, uh, how it doesn't have the extensions on it. So I finally found some female thread fins and finally was able to get some in. So they aren't through quarantine yet. I just got them Monday. But once they've been here for a couple of weeks, I'll be able to finally sell some pairs because all I've been able to get up till now, uh, this, this year anyway, has been males. So, um, yep. So Jonathan, hope that answered the question about live bears. Sorry about the segue into a little bit of other stuff there too. Anytime I find wild type live bears, I almost always purchase them if the price makes sense at all. There was a type of limia that was available recently at one of the wholesalers that I sometimes use. Um, however, at their price point, I would have had to have sold each fish individually for like 25 or 30 bucks. So I passed on that just because that, that doesn't make sense. But whenever I can find them at a price that does make sense, then, then I do that because I really like them a lot. And if you're into wild type live bears and unique stuff, check out Select Aquatics. Um, maybe one of the mods could link it below, but selectaquatics.com. One of the, Greg Sage runs that. I've been to his facility. I've seen the quality of his fish. Greg has a ton of knowledge. He's been around the live bear hobby for a long time. I believe he might've been a president of the American Library Association at one point, but he has all kinds of good yids and stuff like that that are uh, difficult to find with any regularity anywhere else. And then the last thing is if you're really having a yen for libraries, just join the American Library Association. It's a great group and that's where all the hardcore library geeks hang out and you can find stuff there that is very rare to find you know, just at a pet store or an online store or something. So those would be my suggestions, Jonathan. Um, but I, I'm looking and I'm always getting cool live bears. Oh, I have half beaks too. So I have platinum half beaks, which are a really cool little live bear, just totally different than like guppies and stuff, but still a live bearing fish that's really cool. JH Aquatics, hey, good to see you, Joseph. Glad you made it. Matthew Phillip, Express might have been delayed, but USPS priority has been a nightmare this last month. Oh, has it? Okay, maybe you'll hold off a little longer then. Um, I was going off of the temperatures, so it's, it's warming up quite a bit over the nation. So I was going to go ahead and pull the trigger on that. But 
Maybe I'll hold off another week than Batifilla. That's good to know. Thanks for letting me know. Skipper's Aquariums. What's up, all? Well, what's up, Skipper? Um, Kayla's Aquatic. Spring is almost here. Want a t-shirt? Here you go. Thanks, Bob Lincoln, my t-shirt. I have a teespring with a, a t-shirt on it. There's a black one and a white one with the logo on it. Kind of a cool logo, I think. Uh, I like to keep it kind of simple and clean, so I just went with black and white. But um, yeah, check them out. Wichita. Have you experimented with FedEx two-day shipping? Thanks. No, I've shipped a lot FedEx overnight. Um, or f- what was it? Next day, I think, guaranteed delivery by noon, if I remember right. It's been it's been about eight years since I seven, eight years since I've done that. Um, but I haven't tried the two-day because from the p- price point of the two-day, then I might as well do USPS express. Um, so here's what I have found about FedEx and UPS and USPS is that, um, they all seem to be reliable till they're not. So like things will be going swimmingly and then suddenly there'll be an issue. So you're like, this is horrible. And you switch to the other carrier and they go swimmingly and then they have an issue and then this is horrible. So you switch to the other one. And after churning through all of them, I've used them all um, for a while and bouncing around. I just came to the conclusion that, look, they're all going to have problems at some point. So switching around doesn't seem to help. So I just stuck with the cheapest one is kind of how I how I do it. Now, I do hope that volume increases to the point that I could do FedEx or UPS overnight regularly get the price down to like 39 bucks, but you have to move a lot of packages for them to give you that price break. And I'm not even close right now. So I haven't used two day. I've just used overnight. Slippery Fish Aquatics. Hey, welcome, welcome. Small Fry Aquariums. Jonathan is a god. Well, if he's watching, Jonathan, you've now been deified. Your apotheosis is complete. Uh, Go have a, a, you know, a libation with Hercules for me. <laughs> no, he is though. I'm really lucky. My brother's a very talented programmer. Um, and uh, what I like about working with the guy is, first of all, he's just one of the most pleasant people in the world, which is great because sometimes you're dealing with stressful stuff. And if you're working with a jerk when things are stressful, then it's just horrible. But if you're working with a nice person, you're both focused on the problem and solving it rather than pointing fingers it makes for a, as pleasant an experience as possible in those situations. So that's what I like about him. But besides that, he's, he's a really talented guy. He knows his stuff. And uh, yeah, yep. I am lucky to have him on this project for sure. Um, let's see here. Devin Peppers. Hey, what killifish would you recommend for a beginner? The Ogun or the Garden Rye? The size of tank would be a 10 gallon. They would both do great. Um I would recommend them both equally as far as hardiness, color, and ease of breeding them. In fact, the the Ogun, I think those that's Aphiosim caliurum, the location is Ogun. They stay a little smaller and um, or maybe a tiny bit less nippy, but really it's it's almost negligible. That being said, the reason whenever anyone asks what's the best killifish to start with? I usually answer Fundalopanchax gardneri. And the reason is, is it's just widely available and easier to find than the others. So if, if you're looking for availability, then the Fundalopanchax gardneri or something that 
might occasionally even show up at your local pet store. Most killifish will never show up at your local pet store, but that's one that might occasionally. So it's beautiful, it's easy to propagate, it's hardy, and it's available. Whereas the ogun is beautiful, easy to propagate, and hardy, but not as available. So that's kind of the difference there. Both would do great in a 10 gallon. Um, the one caveat with killifish is just make sure you've got a lid and that it's a tight fitting lid. But honestly, both of those would be just as easy to get going. So your Devon Peppers, would it be possible to put Starlight Plecos with killifish in a 32 gallon tank? Yeah, I think so. Um, let me put a caveat that I don't have a lot of experience with Plecos, but I do have uh, a trio of Starlight Plecos right now that I'm keeping. And they're in an aquarium with uh, peacock gudgeons and half beaks, and no one bothers anybody. So with killifish, yes, they're, they're going to be just fine. The killies aren't going to be laying on the bottom where they could become a snack. They occupy such different niches and stuff that I think they would be fine. The issue I think you could run into if you have a 10-gallon is just that those starlights, I mean... I guess you could keep starlights that are full grown in a 10 gallon. It would be tight for them, but I, I guess you could, if you could find a way to keep, excuse me, keep the water quality clean enough, but starlights are an ancestress. So just like a bushy nose pleco, they're going to create a ton of waste. So I think it would be difficult personally, like a lot of work to keep starlights in a 10 gallon. So if you're asking, 10 gallon starlights and killifish that might be tight if the starlights are just little guys though and and you're just growing them up in there and you have a bigger tank to move them to later then sure go for it temperament wise they're not gonna they're not gonna harm each other that i could think small fry aquarium fish with a super jet thank you so much 1999 no comment no question just a friendly uh toss of the cash hey thanks so much always appreciated never required but always appreciated and as I say, always makes the wife super happy. So thanks, small fry. That's, that's much appreciated. Oh, 32 gallon tank. Sorry, Devin. Why did that part skip over my mind? Yes, I think that would work just fine. 32 gallons, great. Sorry. I, for some reason, I still had 10 gallon in my head from reading the previous question. Tristan, sitting here listening and watching these stunning sword tales, can't be any happier. Oh, good. So far, they seem to be doing good. One female hanging on the bottom, but she ate, so hopefully she's good. Oh, good, Tristan. I uh, I saw they arrived earlier today, and I sent you an email and was like, hey, let me know how they arrived. So I've been kind of nervous because I, I hadn't heard back from you, but I'm glad to hear they're doing well. If the female's laying on the bottom, she could be a little stressed. Aren't they gorgeous, though? I mean, really, guys, if you haven't seen these in person the pictures and stuff aren't going to prepare you. I mean, they're, they're so unique from any sword tail you've ever seen. And, and yes, I'm selling them, but no, I'm not saying this to sell them. I'm saying this because when I first saw them, like they were breathtaking. They're really cool. So Tristan, I would like to suggest if the tank they're in isn't planted or anything like that, uh, that salt might help. Uh, sword tails like salt. And if she's stressed because of shipment, then, uh, some salt could could help. Um, something to think about. And let me look up here. Just take a moment to look up the dosage that I would recommend because I never have it available when I talk about salt. 
and I'm always hesitant to just go off of um, memory because I don't want to give the wrong dosage and like wipe out someone's tank. So salt, five grams per liter. So do it by weight until you know, you know, how much your, the salt you use, the granularity, whether it's really fine or rock salt, uh, how much is five grams, and then you can measure it accordingly. But five grams per liter is, uh, is the dosage that, that I found really helps. It's quite a bit more than you would think you would want to use, but really helps when they're stressed out because it takes all the work of maintaining their osmotic pressure, not all of it, but most of it away from them. And they can put that energy into healing up and recovering instead. So that would be my one suggestion for those fish. Um, Dansley, congrats on the female thread fins. I know it's been a saga. It's been so hard to get them. They have appeared once or maybe twice on the list since Dolly Vigil has been asking for them. What's it been? Two, two and a half months. Um, but they haven't showed up. So this time they actually showed up. So that was that was awesome. And Dan, I want to update you about the Corridors Pygmaeus. Um, last week I had six and I was ready to email you and be like, hey, if you want them, they're ready. And then the next day one went down. So because of that, now I'm nervous that they haven't recovered fully. So I'm waiting a while longer. So sorry about that. Um, I don't know what's what what they had. They came in in horrible shape. Like it was painful to look at them. I mean, they were in really bad shape. So um, yeah, I'll I'll email you um, if they make it and they're fine for another couple of weeks. Then I'll email you and be like, hey, I think they're good. <laughs> in fact, at this point, Dan, if, if you just pay shipping, I'll probably just send them to you because I mean, after a couple weeks more, just cause I'd hate to send them after they've had this much issue, have someone pay for them and then have them have an issue. So Bathyphila, which Lemia species was $25 each? Um, oh, I think it was Tridens. Yeah. Lemia Tridens which is, let's show this to you, which is this one. So this was 25 bucks to, to 30 bucks each uh, is what I would have had to have so sold them at. And that's not uncommon. Like the Limia Perugier, they're available right now. Um, I could buy a bunch right now, but I would have to sell those at 24, 25 bucks each if I got them at the price that the uh, supplier has them for. And so the way I got my Limia Perugia colony going is I bought them, they were pretty expensive and I bought a group and then I just raised a colony and now I can sell them a lot less because um, you know, producing them doesn't cost that much. So, but yeah, it's, so sometimes it's interesting. If you're importing your own fish then the fish themselves are actually a lot less expensive than you would probably think, but it's the shipping, getting them here that costs a lot and makes them expensive. Um, which is why if you're buying from a wholesaler, um, it's not necessarily the shipping because they're already in country, but then the wholesaler has to absorb that cost. And so then they cost a lot at the wholesaler. So, um, but the shipping is kind of what makes the fish expensive. 
And then when you're dealing with things like Limiotridens and Perugia and Nigrofasciata and stuff, that's just a supply thing. They're, they're hardly ever available. And so when they are available, they're just expensive. So, yeah. Yeah, sometimes it blows my mind uh, how much fish are. And, and something else is sometimes a supplier will sell a fish um, at a cost and a competitor, a retail competitor will be selling the fish at about the cost that it would cost me to get them from the supplier. So it's all it's you have to have multiple suppliers and you have to uh, be judicious about what you get and when you get it. Because, yeah, if you spend five bucks on a fish then you have to mark it up to sell it. Otherwise, there's no profit, right? You go out of business. But if someone else is able to buy it from a different supplier and sell it for the cost for five bucks, then it's like, well, now I can't sell them because this other person's selling them for five bucks and I have to sell for more than that. So you have to kind of be aware about what other people are charging um, and what makes sense for your customers. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a gamble every time you bring in fish, for sure. Real stinks. Hey, good to see you. Glad you're here. Hey, Dolly. Dolly Vigil. So I got a bunch of female thread fins in. Um, I don't know if you already got some. Uh, I know I hooked you up with another person that had some because I didn't think I'd be getting them in for quite a while and I didn't want you to have to sit around and wait. But if you still need some, then in a couple weeks, if all goes well, I'll have quite a few available. So finally did it. Two and a half months later, or something like that. <laughs> um, oh, hang on, it jumped on me. I love YouTube, but I hate the jump in chat. 44 mag guy one. What's up, smiley face? Well, what's up? That's my smiley face. Um, <laughs> Skipper's Aquariums. Are the guppies just males or both? Uh, I got pairs. So I have pairs, yeah. The... Blue turquoise guppies are pears, and the cobra endlers are pears. Yeah. Oh, this one again. SCL Infin JT Sigma Enigma Discernment Vigilance. Whew. Someone stole the ram's horn snails left at front door, and then I told the UPS investigation people that called back and told them I'm filing a police report. Oh, no. I'm sorry to hear that. You know, that's a big thing. The, the door front package thief thing. That's, that's a, it's a big problem. It's a shame. It's a shame that that happened. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, did you get like that 10 pack from Jadron Aquatics or something like that? Jadron has, let's see if he still has it. Um, oops, sorry. Jadrin had these amazing snails. Um, yeah. Yeah, these. Ten assorted, assorted color mystery snails. Is that what that was? Um, man, I'm so sorry to hear that. That is no good. Devin Peppers, I don't plan on keeping Starlights in a 10-gallon. Yeah, in the 32. Yeah, sorry again about that screw-up. I just had 10 in my mind. Um, it stuck in there and didn't get out on time. <laughs> that angel fish over your left shoulder keeps laughing at us. Smack him. <laughs> you know, it's a funny, it's a delicate balance, this tank. I usually have five LED tubes on it and then, but then it gets so bright. So I 
took it all down except for one tube just so it wasn't so bright behind me. But now I've got this glare of these, uh, these lamps like this right, right here, that bright glare right at the tip of my finger. So I'm not quite sure what to do about that. I guess that's why a lot of YouTubers eventually stop having fish tanks behind them in their live streams, right? Because of the glare and stuff. But I really like having it there. So I know I'm going to try something real quick. Let's see if this is good or bad. I don't know. Um, so now you can see now they just look like, yeah. So now there's so much light on those angelfish that you really can't see anything, right? It's just this big, like, glary glow. So, yeah, maybe I'll, I don't know. Well, we'll leave it for a bit. Let me know, guys, what you like better. More light like it is now or less like it was before. But yeah, angelfish are fantastic. In fact, I'm finally ready to post these back on Get Gills. Um, this is another fish, these koi angelfish. I've been trying to get these healthy and ready to sell for, it might be three months. I think I got them in December. I could be wrong about that, but I think it was around uh, December. So sometimes fish come in and there's just stuff wrong with them. And sometimes it just takes a, a lot of time to figure it out and get them ready. But these are finally ready. And I think they're really ready. I thought they were ready once before, uh, but then I saw a little recurrence. But it's been, I think, like a month or so since anything wrong, since they haven't looked perfectly healthy. So... Um, I've, I think they're ready now. So I'm about to list them 20 bucks from mile high. What's up brother from another mother. Hey, Mikey, glad you made it again. Welcome. Thanks for the super chat. Always appreciated. As you know, though, never required. Um, but yeah, good to see you. I'm hoping to get down to Denver again, one of these days. Um, hopefully we'll see you and, and, uh, Priscilla again. And, um, by the way, the, uh, Santa Maria Endlers look to be pretty well set. So I'll be sending you and Priscilla um, some of those here pretty soon. I'll email you guys and contact you and get that set up. I uh, want to get a moment to kind of breathe. Um, yeah, you guys will get the first ones because I owe you. And akin, what ick medicine would you recommend that will not stain the silicone blue on an ADA style tank? Ooh, um, so ADA style tank, I'm guessing you have plants in it. So ICX is great, but it's blue and it might stain your silicone. Copper is pretty much colorless. Uh, copper safe, which is a chelated copper. I think Cordon makes it. That's my go-to copper of choice. That kills it really quickly. Kills it and velvet and pretty much any external parasite copper will kill. The problem is it'll also kill all the invertebrates in the tank. Any shrimp or snails or planaria or detritus worms or any copepods, anything. Um, and the other problem is it, it might be hard on your plants. So an ADA style tank I'm guessing is planted. If not, copper might work. The, the only... Thing I know of that will kill ick really well that's colorless and I've never used with plants but I suspect would be plant safe I mean please double check me though is formalin uh, formalin will definitely kill the ick and it's pretty much colorless so it wouldn't stain the silicone that being said 
I'm sure it's out there somewhere, but it can be hard to get. I don't know if you can, I don't know if you'd have to have a prescription from a vet to get it anymore or what. It used to be really common. I haven't seen it around recently. And I don't know if it's just because like Ickex came out and now competed it or if it's been, or if a law passed and now it's more uh, controlled, I don't know. But formalin's the only other one that I can think of. And I don't know for sure that it won't hurt plants, but I know that copper can hurt plants. Uh, at least I'm pretty sure. So I'm not, a I, I, big caveat here is I'm not a big planted guy. I, I keep a lot of fish, but I've, I don't keep a lot of plants and I don't keep hard plants or anything like that. So if it's a fully planted ADA tank, uh, double check me with someone else. Maybe someone will be like, no, copper is fine with plants. And I'll be like, oh, great. But yeah. So Attican, that's that's my best for you. That's my best. Long Island Fish Guy, I'm currently treating plecos with salt using five grams per liter too, not causing any issues whatsoever. Yeah, almost every fish I get in the first week it's here while it's in quarantine and getting medicated and kind of re recovering from shipping. And I'm just making sure that, <laughs> that nothing is nothing wrong is observable before I put them in a, in a 75 gallon. Cause there's usually other fish in the 75 gallon. Um, I put salt in there. I put it in with quarries, with gobies, with all kinds of stuff, loaches, all kinds of stuff that you're told shouldn't have salt. I put in, um, recently I've started on some of the more sensitive species like, uh, on gobies and things like that, putting in half that dose. So 2.5 grams per liter. But it's not because I had any problems. I didn't ever have any problems with the full dose of salt. It's just because, I don't know, I, I, I worried about it. So I just, for my own peace of mind, cut that dosage a little bit for them. But I've put tons of, of salt sensitive species through quarantine with five grams per liter. And I've never had a problem. Um, as long as the salt was dissolved, don't put a bunch of salt in there, like in like have a bunch of salt across the bottom of the tank that isn't pre-dissolved and then put like a bottom dwelling fish on it or like a catfish or a goby that's going to go down there because they will have a problem because the salt's so much more concentrated there. And that that can be a big problem. So it's always best to pre-dissolve the salt in some water and then dump the water in with the salt already dissolved. So you don't get that problem. So that, that's one thing to be aware of with salt and it will kill your plants in my experience as well. But yeah, it's, it's great stuff. Um, really I've noticed a big difference when I, when I started using salt, as far as, um, a lot less fish loss when I was importing fish. So I recommend it highly. Uh, Dan Slee says, no worries at all, man, regarding the Corydoras pygmaeus. Cool. Wet spot has Limia tridents for four bucks. See? Yeah. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Oops, did I just pause myself? I did. Yeah. That's crazy, right? The, the difference. So they're able to sell it for an amazingly low price. I would have to pay more than that just to get it wholesale. And they're retailing it that. So that being said, yeah, yeah. What spot, uh, what spot has a pretty sweet deal with how they get their stuff. So, uh, Bathy Phila, wow, I have Lumi Tridents paid four bucks a piece for young adults. Yep. 
Exactly. I mean, and that's why I didn't get them, right? Because I'm like, man, my wholesale price is going to be less than people can buy them retail. So that made no sense. Yep. Tristan Schuster, I do have some plants, but I could move them. Cool. And add some salt. I was honestly shocked how big they are. What's your thoughts on adding stress coat? Um, I've never really used stress coat um, except for to dechlorinate water. And this was back in the 90s or something like that when we didn't have as many options. So I don't know. I'm not sure stress coat could hurt anything. It might help. I've never worried about it. Honestly, for me, um, the salt has just proven a world of difference. So that's what I would recommend. If anyone else here has experience with stress coat and has noticed a big difference, would you chime in? And not just like once, but like over lots of fish for a long time. Like, so it's more than just anecdotal or it's, it's strong anecdotal, <laughs> if you will. There's been enough of the sample size that, that you've noticed whether it works or not. So we can help Tristan out. I just don't use stress coat. So I don't think it could hurt. Mob Guppy. Hey, everybody. Hi. Good to see you. Um, whew, here we go again. SCL Infinite T Sigma Enigma Discernment Vigilance got from eBay. Yet I will be going on getgills.com after you showed me that. Cool. Awesome. Uh, check it out. It's uh, it's small but mighty and growing every day. Like I'm every day we have a couple hundred new users. So that site really is growing. Uh, what it needs is more sellers. We just need more inventory so that the person who geeks out on, I don't know, discus has a wide selection of discus or the person who geeks out on bedas has a wide, so you know what I mean? It's just uh, the more inventory we have on there, the more people we have on there listing fish for sale, then the more uh, folks we can attract to the site. And then everybody that's listing there will be able to sell more and sell more quickly. So it's growing every month though. Every month, the numbers are better than the previous month. So that tells us we're doing something right. And once we figure out how to um, make it simple to use, even with the complexity it has. And we know, we know what we need to do. It's just, um, and by the way, it's good. Okay. There's a lot good about it. It's not a horrible site. <laughs> please don't, please don't take that away. But, um, once we tweak a couple things, it'll be even simpler to use and even better. Um, right now it's pretty simple for the buyer to use. I feel like we've, we've got most of that down although there's still some things we want to tweak. Um, but we're, we're, we're now concentrating on simplifying it even more for the seller to use. So the seller has the functionality they need, but it's easy. Anyway, I won't harp on that anymore, but yeah. Um, check it out. Devin Peppers. I, Oh, I missed a super chat. Sorry. Um, (laughs) I love the comment, Bob Kaler, 25 bucks. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. It says compounding Brenda's happiness. (laughs) Thank you, Bob. I appreciate that. Brenda's my wife and she's always super happy when a live stream results in some super chats because, uh, well, because then I'm bringing home the bacon a little bit and what wife isn't happy with that. Um, and she does too, by the way, she's a music teacher and a performer and she, you know, she works really hard as well. She's also a novelist. If you're into romance novels, 
Uh, she has a book on Amazon right now called Blemished Beauty, and she'll be releasing another book soon called, um, oh, what's it called? Sarah's War. So yeah, if you're into romance, check them out. Wichita, are you or Jonathan going to Aquashella? We wish, we want to do that. Um, man, I want to do that so much. Right now, uh, Get Gills is not generating enough revenue for us to take trips like that. Um, right now, we're covering costs, but as it grows, costs grow. And so we're just, we have to grow a little more before there would be money to go out to events like that to promote the website at those events. I wish I could. I'd like to go to Aquashella. Um, what I'd really like to do, I don't think that the aquatic experience is really my scene. I don't, I'm not that interested in what commercial vendors are creating and promoting and the newest light and the newest canister filter and all that. Um, that's not really what excites me because the way I keep fish tanks is super simple. It's bare bottom tank, sponge filter, box filter, and some plants. Uh, that's generally how I keep my tank. So the latest canister filter, I'm like, well, I'm not going to use that, you know? So most of what's at that kind of show doesn't really interest me. What I like is to go to like the American Killifish Association convention and the um, American Library Association convention and the IBC, the International Beta Congress convention, things like that. So I like to go where the hobbyists are the focus, not the industry. And where hobbyists are there geeking out, showing their fish. Um, you can find species of fish at these events that you've only heard about or seen pictures of or never even knew existed before. It's just an eye-opening thing. So I prefer to congregate at those kinds of events. But Aquashella, I'm also a, a performing artist. I, I run a theater company. I produce theater. I've been an actor for a lot of my life. So um, Aquashella draws me because of the artistic bent that it has. And because it feels like there's gonna be so many YouTubers there that I would just like to go see you all and hang out with you. But the, the size not to the point yet, we're still pinching pennies. We're still at that startup stage with Get Gills and with Dance Fish and stuff. So I just, I mean, technically I could go, but it would be the sacrifice. I would have to sacrifice things that are more important to making that website grow and be stable and successful. Um, so that's the focus right now. So, yeah, but I wish I could. And I hope everyone that's going has a great time. Um, I would like to get to Aquashella. Dolly Vigil, it, Dan's favorite, is my favorite fish you, TNA, you have to see live. He does such a great job getting all the questions plus helps out with any topics and you got to love the thumbnails. Oh, are you saying that? I think you're saying that this channel is your favorite live channel. Well, thank you. If that's what you're saying, wonderful. Great. I'm glad, I'm glad you like it. Um, Dolly Vigil says, guys, hit the like button. 44 watching, only 19. Let's do it. Well, there were. I chased away a few. We're at 36. <laughs> I found a way to do it. <laughs> but thanks, Dolly Vigil. I appreciate it. One more. Yes on the female thread fins. Two weeks. Awesome. Cool. So Dolly Vigil's in on the female thread fin. Sounds great. So something we haven't done in a while is kind of uh, got a report on what you guys are breeding. Um, I know that Bob Kaler has some epiplates, killifish that he's bred and is raising up. 
I know he's got some pelvic acromis sacramontis that he's breeding. And someone else reached out to me to let me know that they had bred theirs too. I think it was Kelly. Um, so congrats on that. That's awesome. But what's everyone else doing? I'm a little bit out of touch on, on people's projects. Um, so if you're breeding something now or raising stuff up, well, I know Reel's got a whole bunch of angelfish that he's raising up, but kind of fill me in on what you got going on. Um, I'd just like to know. Bob's gets, got some tiny fry that are a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think we'll know Bob till they grow up just because so small. <laughs> so small, right? But I'm curious too. That's the tank with the Tin Winnie in it, right? The uh, Gold Ring Danios. So if I'm right, that's one that I'm thinking of, but um, I don't know for sure. Yeah, I'm interested to see though. Richard Crackle, this is the only live stream I watch. You are awesome, Dan. Well, thanks, Richard. Right back at you. Thanks for watching. You helped make it awesome. Um, you know, it's pretty uh, lonely to have a live stream with no one showing up. So thanks everyone for coming and, and hanging out and helping each other and all that. Appreciate it. Zephophorus, Asian blue gray Vienna lower sword guppies. Oh, cool. That's very specific. That sounds like a strain that was super hard to fix because you've got a liar tail, but just on the bottom, right? So a lowest sword you have to get going. You've got the color, you got the Vienna style. Yeah, that sounds, <laughs> that sounds difficult, but cool. I'm glad you're raising him. Um, Dolly Vigil, I have a koi betta and he's laying around most of the time, except when it's time to eat. Is that normal? That's hard to answer, Dolly Vigil. Um, each koi, each koi, each bed is different. They all kind of have different personalities and things. My sense, whenever I see a bed doing that, and this is not an accusation, I'm just telling you what first goes through my mind. The, there's two things that hit my head. First is temperature. Is that bed warm enough? Often I'll see beds just laying. Like if you go in any big box store that sells bettas, you'll see them just laying around. Like they'll come in and they'll look fine. And then after they've been there for a few weeks, they're just laying, they're, they're not active. And I, a lot of times that's a temperature thing. And then the other one is a water quality thing. So I would look at the temperature. If, if it's below 80, 84, I mean, they like it warm, then maybe increase the temperature. Um, I would test the water quality. If you have any ammonia or nitrite, then that's definitely an issue. But if you test those two things and that's not the issue, then the betta might be just fine. Although if bettas can also sometimes get bloated, like get a compact gut. So if you're feeding a variety though, and occasionally something you feed has like a chitinous exoskeleton, like Brine shrimp are great for cleaning out a betta system. Uh, Daphnia is great. Cyclops is great. Um, so that's something just to be aware of that sometimes if they get bloated, they can lay around. Apart from that, I wouldn't know if there's, it would be hard to tell unless there's something obvious to see. So I don't know for sure. It could just be that that's, I mean, bettas are not a super active fish. They're kind of a, uh, not quite a sit and wait predator, but almost. So 
they will often kind of just hang out. So it's hard for me to say whether it's an issue or not. I, I wish I could help you more. But definitely check temperature and water parameters. That'll tell you right off if there's an issue. Bob Kaler, no, but there were a couple hundred of them. Yes, at Dan's Fish. No, but there are a couple of the fry? A couple hundred? Oh, man. What else is in that tank, Bob? I mean, I remember some of the things, but... Okay, so Bob, let's see if we can figure this out. So can you list what you have in that tank? And then are they like... They're like little slivers, right? Are they all at the surface? Or do they kind of swim mid-water? Like, what fish are in there and where do the fry hang out? I, I might be able to narrow it down just if I know what's in there and where the fry hang. Bathyphila, got some more Limia tridens fry and three fat females. Awesome. In the last two weeks, got in, um, how do you say, brachio, brachy, harfus? I'm not sure, brachy something. Roswithe, Zephophorus evelene, cool. And the stunning Zephophorus birchmani as a new project. All right, you're going hog wild on the live bears. That's awesome. So um, I forget who was asking about uh, neat live bears earlier, but you might want to talk to Bathyphila. Sounds like there'll be some good stuff coming up shortly there. So I'm going to look up what this uh, brachy however you say that fish is, Roth Willie, Ross Willie. Oh, okay, cool. Check this out, guys. So here it is, some sort of wild type live bear. Um, so I'll have, to, I'll have to dig into that. It's not a limia. It's not, not a posiliad. However, I wonder what that is. So I'll have to check. But that sounds awesome, Bathyphila. Glad to hear that. Uh, Amp Aquatic says, Dolly, they're lazy fish, so pretty normal. Yeah, could be, could be. Uh, SCL Infant J Sigma Enigma Discernment Vigilance <laughs> says, Hawaiian blue guppies had babies in January. Awesome. Are those, um, are those like the Bentley Pasco strain of blue? Does, is he the one with the Hawaiian blue? I forget, I forget which blue he has, but, um, if they are awesome and if they're not awesome too, but. I'm real excited to see that strain Bentley has get out there and get propagated more just because it's a strain that almost died out. It's only by accident that they're still around uh, and Bentley's hard work. So uh, that's why I ask. Skipper's Aquariums. I have liar tail sword tails at a month. Cool. Also have koi sword tails growing too. Liar tails, that's, that's a little hard just because of, you know, how the males can't breed. So you have to cross back to a, a male with a functioning, uh, reproductive organ. Uh, so glad you got that done. That can be, it's like a, you know, usually libraries is a one-step process, but to get liar tails, it's often a two-step process because the males are not able to breed. Dolly Vigil, not breeding anything, but I do have cilantro and chives. <laughs> Growing on top of my 75 gallon tank, playing around with aquaponics. Awesome. I do basil, so um, I'm going to be doing a, a tour of the fish room here pretty soon, just because it's been a while, and you'll see on a lot of the tanks, I'll drill a hole in the lid, and I'll stick a sprig of basil down there, and it'll root out, and then it just helps the fish room smell good. I don't eat the basil, just because sometimes I medicate the tanks, and so I'm not sure it, if it's safe to eat because of the medicine I've thrown through the aquariums, but uh, I like the aroma that it puts in the air. And 
I think mint would work too. Mint might be even better, but the, the basil works really well. But that's awesome. Growing some spices, some aquaponics, some herbs. Um, Zephophorus, the lower swords are from Alan Bias. Cool. Bias. <laughs> Bias. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Richard Crackle, I've eight aquariums. I breed African cichlids and live bears. Water is hard. Yeah, cool. So no black water stuff for me. Yep, that's everywhere I've lived until I moved here. I moved here in 2011. Everywhere I lived before that, super hard water. So I feel ya. I feel ya. It's funny. When I had hard water, I was always wanting soft water, right? I was always wanting to breed kerosens and stuff that uh, are easier to breed in soft water. Now that I have soft water, I'm missing my hard water because it's uh, more of a challenge to do live bears. Um, I, I haven't tried African cichlids yet. Although there's people in town that have the same water from the same source and they do African cichlids. But um, yeah, it's funny. You don't have something you wanted. As soon as you have it, you miss the old thing. <laughs> 44, mad guy one, waiting till warms up so my tank doesn't freeze. Well, yeah, that would be bad. Um, Kaylee's Aquatics, Dan's Fish. It's possible to fry your Hawaiian blue guppies too, but not going to promote that yet. Cool. There are a ton of them. Most likely Tin Winnie. All right. I can't wait to see. Can't wait. Dolly Vigil. Definitely temperature. My heater malfunctioned and killed my other beta, so took it off. Now the tank is always at 75 degrees. Yeah, so here's the issue with bettas. Um, domesticated bettas are almost, I mean, the vast majority of them are coming out of Thailand. Sometimes they come out of Indonesia. In the way they're kept, they're hot. Like they're used to it pretty darn hot. So I think 75 is actually too cold for a bed a long-term. If you can bump that temperature up to 82, 84 degrees, and that will probably be helpful. It's just kind of like the, it's kind of like discus or, yeah, I'm going to say discus where wild type discus can take a lot cooler temperatures than domestic strains. It's the same with bettas. Wild bettas can take it cooler, but those domesticated strains have been raised in warm water for so long that my sense is that 75 long-term just isn't going to do it for them. So I think I think, Dolly, if you could fix that, that could go a long way to helping you out. Bathyphila, um, oh, what's, oh, Kaler's, hang on, Kaler's uh, answering my question here. Lumpy Dog says, dogfish or catfish? Nice. <laughs> Bob's. <laughs> um, they swim mostly at the top, but of late follow tiny foods down. Larger ones stay down. The census is... The Hawaiian, the Luke Roebuck Hawaiian blue guppies. Oh, cool. So you have the, the ones Bentley has. Tin Winnie, Longfin Mountain Meteor, um, the Betarubra, some Super Reds. So they're not the Rubra. They're not the Super Reds. So, I mean, guppy fry are pretty... I mean, guppy fry are pretty, I don't know. To me, I can see a fry and be like, oh, that's a guppy. So if they're stumping you, 
And if they started super small, like really small, like hard to see small, then my guess it's the Tinwini or the long found mountain meteors. And so my, my, uh, my money, I'm just saying this, I, I don't know for sure, but I, my, my money is on the meteor minnows. Um, that's my guess just cause those breed so prolifically and stuff. So that's, that's what I'm guessing, Bob. I'm probably totally wrong. This is just for funsies. I have no way of knowing, but if this was a horse race, that's where my money would be. Um, Brachyphila. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try to say it. Brachy. See, here's the heart. I know Brachy. That's easy. And Aphis is easy. But but the RH right in the middle, that makes it hard. Brachy or half. I'm just going to ignore that. Brachy or Hafis. Brachy or Hafis. Our surface dwelling Posilid. Oh, they are. From small streams in Panama and Costa Rica. When I can get some good colonies of this species, I plan on selling them through get gills. Yeah, spread them out. I mean, I've, I don't know if I've even heard of that genus. Not that I'm a big library geek, but uh, that's a new one to me. And that picture, those were pretty cool looking fish. Killers Aquatics, the plants are full of them. Also some fry from the guppies for sure. But keeping that on the QT. Hey, all right. All right. <laughs> cool. Patricia made it. Hey, Patricia, welcome. Good to see you again. Dolly Vigil, thank you so much. And everyone, have a great night. Back to work. Okay, Dolly, thanks for coming by. Good to see you. Okay, Taylor, about his mystery fry. Those that I know came from the blues are three times the size of these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, My, I'm, I'm betting they're... Meteor Mountain Minnows, which is I mean, another name for white clouds, I think. Um, okay, here we go. Bathyphila schooling me on how to say this. Brachyraphis. Brachyraphis. Okay, cool. Brachyraphis. So the H is silent. Well, that helps. <laughs> Instead of having to go like, right after. <laughs> that was hard. Brachyraphis. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for setting me straight. All right. Um, we've reached the bottom of the chat. So we're probably, we've been going for about an hour. So we're probably going to shut this down in a few minutes. Um, unless Corey ends in a whole slew of people, you know, pile in. But this is the point where um, if you have a question or comment you want me to get to, uh, get it out there now because uh, we're going to, chat's kind of slowed down a little bit. And so we're going to shut it down here pretty soon unless stuff comes in. Keeping it crypto. Hey, good to see you. The cold weather is finally breaking. Can't wait to get my empire gudgeons. Awesome. Oh, I didn't realize that was keeping it crypto. Okay, cool. Now I know who you are, real name. <laughs> so I think you're someone that ordered some gudgeons for me. Are you saying you're about to order them or do you have an order waiting? Because then I know who you are in real life. Cool. Cheshire Cat. Oh, that was to Amp. Sorry. John Deere. Dan's fish. Hey, Dan, have you kept or bred rummy nose rasboras? No. Um, kept, yes. Bred, no. I have been tempted frequently to get them in. Um, I just haven't done it. And this isn't like a hard and fast rule for me. I often keep hard water fish in my soft water successfully without any problem. But from what I've heard, um, 
those fish really do need it hard. So I've been cautious about getting them. For me to get them, I have to get them in a large, large number. And I'd hate to get like a couple hundred of those and then just have them melt down in my soft water. So what I'm waiting for is if I can find like a, if the wholesaler, if I find a supplier where I can get just a, a few of them and try them out and see if they do okay, if they do okay, then I'd like to get a big group of those. Uh, they're a stunning fish. I have kept them. Um, and I know a lot of people that have kept them. I don't know of anyone that's bred them. Um, I mean, I know that they're, I'm pretty sure they're being bred in captivity. What I'm saying is no one in like my immediate group in their fish room has bred them. I've never seen them bred in person is what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, it's a fish that, uh, every week I, I almost get, and then I'm like, ah, that would be unfair to the fish. So I don't, but I do like those fish a lot. And for those of you that have hard alkaline water, um, fish from that area uh, in Lake Sulawesi and other spots, you know, most of the tetras and rasboras and stuff like it pretty soft for breeding. Not all of them. Uh, South America and Central America is extremely varied. There's lots of different environments, but in general, that's, I would think the case. I think that's safe to say, but um, there are a few that do like it hard and alkaline. So you can get into some of that stuff. And this is a great one. If you have hard alkaline water and you like that kind of fish, then the um, Romino's Rasbora would be a great one for you. James Glenn tried to highlight it dance fish. Didn't work, but I see it anyway. So cool. Um, what percentage of fish bacterial diseases are gram negative versus gram positive? You mentioned it a few weeks ago, but I forgot. So I don't know the exact percentage because there's a long list of on each side. But what I do know is the most common ones, according to studies I've read, are Eremonis and columnaris, And both of those are gram negative. The really common one that's gram positive is Streptococcus. So there is a gram positive one that's very common too, but not as common as those other two. So my go-to is, is gram negative. Um, however, if I have something and the gram negative medicines are not treating it, then I will switch to a gram positive uh, medication uh, and in try that and see if it's a gram positive infection. So there's a lot of both, but the most common ones are Aramonis and columnaris. And from what I've read in scientific studies and things, and from what I've experienced in my fish room uh, over several years, that um, going for gram negative seems to be more effective for me than going for gram positive. Um, the symptoms can be very similar and in my experience, it's been more likely that it's gram negative. So I don't know the exact ratio, but that's, that's why my go-to is gram negative is it tends to be Aramonis or columnaris. Gaylor's um, Aquatics, any updated pics of the wild type rainbows? Space is so tight. I'm being very selective, setting up a third marine tank tonight. Um, no, Bob, that entire group got sold a few weeks ago. So I don't have the wild rainbow fish anymore. Um, what I do have... So those were, we're almost positive that those are, were Melanotania rubrostriata. Um, I had a, a, a very, very well-known, respected, 
rainbow fish expert uh, take a look and confirm that, although they were young enough that he could not confirm that they were Rubrus striata because they could also be Splendida. Um, but we're, we're pretty sure that they are what they were called, which is, you know, that they're Rubrus striata. But there is a chance that when they mature and are fully colored, that we could look at them and be like, oh, actually, those are Splendida but we think they're Rubra striata. But that entire colony, that entire group uh, sold, um, the person bought those a few weeks ago. So I don't have any more pictures of those, but I do have Melanotania sungur, which um, is awesome. I did put the video camera in and took a video because I wanted to show you an update. And then when I looked at the video, I had my white balance off and the whole thing was like this ugly green, yellow, hazy color the entire video. So I, I threw it away and I just have to do it again, but I'll, I'll get some more up for you. I'll get an update up for you on those. Michael Wilson, my rummy nose rasbora breed every week. Cool. All right. So, um, this is great. So for John Deerer, um, Michael Wilson's rummy nose breed form every week. They're in a queue for the next open rearing tank, egg scatterers and hardy sturdy water is four degrees hardness. Cool. Great. Great. Um, my water last time I checked it was two grains of hardness. Like, and it, the hardness doesn't even show up on like a test strip. I had to get like a, a very sensitive uh, reagent kit to even find the hardness on mine. <laughs> it's super soft. But that's great to know. Um, yeah, so it sounds, uh, John Deere, that it seems like, according to Michael Wilson's experience, that it's definitely doable if you're looking to breed that fish. All right. Hey, everybody. Um, we've reached the bottom. We've done our kind of recount. So before we sign off, I want to thank everybody for the super chats. Always appreciated. Never required. But thanks so much. Helps out. Um, thanks everybody that commented or asked a question so that we could have a lively discussion. Thanks to my awesome mods tonight. We had Bob Kaler and, uh, Jeff White in doing that. Thanks gentlemen. And, uh, everyone that helped each other out and chatted and did all that. Thanks so much. And all you lurkers, I'm with you. Um, oh, one more thing. Michael Wilson says, we're talking about the, uh, uh, Romy nose rasboras. They seek out high and dense plants and mops. So they breed high and are looking for dense foliage. Cool. So like water Sprite would be awesome for them. Anyway, thanks everybody. I'll see you next Wednesday, 7 PM mountain time. Until then I'll have some more videos coming out and stuff. So, uh, I have one ready for tomorrow. That's kind of cool. And I'll see you next time. Have a good one.